What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are tuned in and locked in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. First of all, he is the man that just this past weekend set the world record for amount of salt dropped from a truck. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ron. Yeah, I have a problem with that. <laughs> Lots of, and, and he wasn't dropping it like he was supposed to be. It just was leaking everywhere. <laughs> it's kind of like a faucet. Once you turn it on, it doesn't always uh, turn right off. Well, like there's like there's a nice condition, and I'm like, all right, I'll take care of it. <laughs> uh, in the area we are from, there's a certain local celebrity that would have followed behind you and snorted them because they would have thought it was something else. <laughs> if you know that reference, uh, you'll laugh. If not, uh, look into the reference. Of course, the other nerd is here as well. He is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. It is Diesel. Allison Mack slipping my DMs. Is she out now? I don't think she's out yet, but she's getting close. You know you should join the prison pen pal list, and you could already have oh. done that. You should have been on that since day yeah, one. Yeah, I really should have. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you didn't do that. Like, I was actually kind of thinking you would have. I can't wait to get my tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, Alyssa, before we go any further, Ron, how has been your past week? Uh, week's been all right. Can't complain too much. Uh, Wednesday group went without a hitch, just working through spell jammers. Uh, nothing major happened in that story, but, you know, my insect bard is just running around doing insect part things <laughs> you know trying to find out who's hot and who, who we can make make sweet love to <laughs> and then you learned well from diesel uh friday i went to my aunt's uh birthday party at uh, little venice and accidentally got my credit card switched for somebody else <laughs> <laughs> so i had to go meet them today to switch it back because you know me i just didn't use i just used it not looking at the name <laughs> and we and we would have liked to anonymously thank them for all the hookers and blow that we enjoyed yeah. over this past weekend <laughs> and i was like oh just like you know no, nobody checks cards anymore so yep. i got the call today i'm like oh that's why that shit hasn't shown up in my account whoopsie whoopsie <laughs> i thought it was taking a couple days like yeah. sometimes it does and nope well so you know we got my card back got their card gave them the money that i'd used <laughs> well diesel you had a kind of a long weekend because it was uh mtg pre-release weekend correct it was pre-release weekend for uh the new magic set all will be one we're back in new phyrexia and it was crazy uh <laughs> thursday excuse, night excuse uh, me can i get that card now please uh, i need that card now please oh uh, <laughs> So we're trying to run pre-release, and Thursday night, the Transformer Blue was on the grid here for NYSEG, and that affected all the electrical components coming in for the internet as well. So Friday, trying to run a a pre-release where all your point-of-sale connections and your tournament organizing stuff is internet-based, having that go down made for a rough day. And then Saturday, we not only had the Magic pre-release, we also had the Yu-Gi-Oh! pre-release. Oh, it, it, was, it was a rough weekend. I actually took Sunday off, though, so I could go visit my dad because I haven't seen him since Christmas. So that was nice. I had a nice dinner with him and got caught up and 
Yeah, it, it was. I, I got a day off finally. <laughs> yes, it, it was tiring though to get to that point. Uh, my weekend was uh, kind of fun. I mean, it, I didn't do a lot. I did some stuff around the house and relaxed. My wife was pretty sick this weekend, which kind of sucks. Yep. Uh, of course, on the coldest day of the year, because uh, where we're from, it got down to like negative oh, yeah. thirty at one point in Juncture uh, in the overnight with the wind chill, and like the high was in the like four four degrees, like the lower yeah. digits. Uh, of course, Friday when I come home, uh, my tire is flat. Um, so I had to put air in it and of course it went out by the morning and, and then I had to go take it to uh, get patched. Thankfully it was able to be patched and have to replace the tire. So that's a lot cheaper, but there was a, a screw in my tire. So that was wonderful to have on the coldest day possible. Cause, um, I, I've just gotten over my illness and I've been coughing a lot less. However, I went into a full asthma attack getting, uh, uh, air on Friday because it was so fucking cold. I couldn't keep my face covered cause I had to hunch over. You are lucky that you were able to find an air machine that was not frozen. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> Thankfully, the new Burn Dairy has this beautiful okay. fucking brand new one, and they don't even charge you to use it, oh. so it's even better. So thank you, Burn Dairy, for coming to the 607. We really do appreciate you. Uh, so other than that, though, I watched, you know, I watched some TV, watched a lot of wrestling. Uh, there's a lot of independent wrestling on this weekend, also an NXT show, so I kind of dug that. If you, if you listen to 607 TWS, you'll hear all about that this uh, on this upcoming episode. But outside of that, you know, I just kind of relaxed my wife wasn't feeling well so it was good to recharge my batteries if you will i'm I'm trying to stay not getting sick again i also did make a big purchase uh i decided on 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 sunday that i had to uh treat myself and my wife was like well you might as well uh so i i I ordered my playstation 5 finally i I, for a long time i didn't even think i was going to go to a next gen system and then the new wwe games coming out in march and i kind of really want to play it because it looks great so i'm like all right well if i get the get it in time i can pre-order it and get bad bunny as my pre-order uh oh nice pick and i'm like i need bad bunny you know Bad money. Yeah, let's just throw that out there. So awesome stuff. That's that's what I'm working with. So I, I ordered that. So I know all the Xbox fans are out there now jeering me. That's fine. <laughs> but I've been, uh, you know, me and Ron had talked about it before I made the purchase. And like Ron, me and Ron have been team PlayStation for a long time, just because of preference, not even to talk shit. We don't yeah. really care about any of that. No. So it's kind of like ah, fuck it. Let me pull the trigger on it. And. I still paid less than I would have if I would have bought the one terabyte Xbox because I thought about buying the Series X. I really wanted the. I'm like, I don't want 500 gigs. Terabyte sounds way better. Yeah. yeah. But that was more expensive than buying the. I even got the more expensive PlayStation with the, the fucking slot in it, the disc drive, which nice. I don't really need the disc drive, but Man. that was the one that was available to me. So fuck yeah. Nice. Yeah. So fun times. I'm, I'm upgrading in the world. And my wife's like, well, you might as well. You've not bought a new system since we've been together. You've bought the kid like five systems, including <laughs> a, a virtual reality set and you've not bought a single one for yourself so i think you've earned it i said all right cool so there we go so married life hopefully everybody out there has had a wonderful week uh, enough talking about us before we can jump in and get this show started though we do have to hit up those wonderful shameless plugs of course if you would like to find out any information at all about the 3fn podcast you can simply do that at 3fnpodcast.com there you'll find all the social media links you'll find the patreon link patreon.com slash 3fn podcast for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content and you help support the show also if you'd like to support the show and get some swag the t public link is there as well as well as we have links for friends of the show like the odph podcast because you can hear ken m with me every week during 607 tws if you're a pro wrestling fan you should be checking it out because we are the only pro wrestling podcast who calls it right 
down the middle. All those links are available at 3FNPodcast.com as well. Also, while you're there, check out the musical directory that features bands like Shout at the Robots, who does the theme song for the 3FN Podcast. The song is called Fail Better. Support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, you can check out the sponsor section. That is the people who provide us with sponsorships so we don't have to give you commercial breaks. First, we're going to give them a shout out here, though. First up are the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. That's right, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And of course, uh, if you need to get your car cleaned and you live in the 607 Diesel, who do they hit up? Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. Call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Of course, we also have our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 25th and 26th in Vernon, New York, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. Check it out. All for all information, whether it be tickets, celebrity guests, vendors, or any of that great stuff, visit them on the World Wide Web, SciFiHorrorFest.com. And last but certainly not least, the the official energy drink of the 3FN podcast and 607 podcast is Dubby Energy. That's right. Dubby is waging war on big energy. So you're going to want to join that revolution. Go check out all that they have to offer over at W.GG. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. And when you get to the checkout, put 3FN pod in the promo part. That's the number three, F-N-P-O-D. And you will receive 10% off. And the cool part is if you like what you get at Dubby, that code works every single time. So thank you to W.GG for sponsoring the show. I love that I give myself a break after because it takes me a second. Like, that's a lot to fucking get through. You know, I should pre-record that shit sometime just so I don't ever have to do it again. And before, it's because I used to like to put things into it. And now I'm like, yeah, now I understand why people pre-record those things. Mm-hmm. The business side, it always sucks to do it, but we have to do it. We have to do it because if we didn't do it, how would you all know how to find us? 3FNpodcast.com. I, I don't know. I mean, it's be kind of hard. All right. Let's get this party started, though. And you know, if we finished up with those shameless plugs and all the stuff we do in the beginning of the show, we got to get right on over to... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. Got a pretty interesting uh, top five this week on the box office. Uh, coming in at number five, debuting BTS yet to come in cinema, cinemas with $6.3 million. Okay. Okay. K pop people. People love that K pop, yeah. baby. Uh, Puss in Boots drops down to the number four spot with another $8 million for its seventh week on the list. Jeez. Still in the top five after seven weeks. It's still making almost $10 million. Yep. All right. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Avatar, the way of the water comes in at number three with $10.8 million. Well, you know, hey, we eventually had to get there. I'm surprised. I, I was almost betting it was going to make it one more week at the number one slot before yeah. it was dethroned. Obviously, not this upcoming box office week, but next week by Mania. However, obviously, we have a new number one. Well, we also have a new number two because what can take down Avatar, the way of the water? A bunch of metal puzzle bitches. 80 for Brady with $12.5 million. Awesome. It looks fucking cute as shit. I'm going to throw that out there. So I, I'm going to probably check that out at some point in juncture. And then 
The movie that we're going to be talking about tonight comes in at number one, Knock at the Cabin, with $14.2 million. You know, I'm, I'm not surprised that it was number one. Uh, it had a lot of promise. Of course, there's a lot of people. I think it would have made more money if it wasn't for the fact that there's a lot of people who, when they hear the name M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> go, I'm going to hold off and wait a week <laughs> to find out what this is exactly about. All right. Coming out this week, though, on February 10th, we have I, Mordecai, starring Judd Hirsch. She Came from the Woods, the comedy horror movie with uh, Claire Foley and Cara Bueno. Uh, Seriously Red with Crew Boylan and Daniel Weber. And then Magic Mike's Last Dance starring Salma Hayek and Chanum Tatum. I can guarantee you where Ron will be this week. <laughs> He's already dancing and preparing. He's ready for Magic Mike's return dance. Yeah. <laughs> Salma Hayek's a lucky, lucky woman. I don't know. It's a 30 minute uh, dancing scene at the end of the movie. I don't know, man. That's going to gash you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and coming out next week on February 17th, we have a bunch of movies coming out 88, The Weapon, Who Are You People, and then the big one, pun intended, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania, brother, running wild. Of course, we will be talking about that the following week. As a matter of fact, that start kicks off like our big stretch of like movie, brand new movies. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, so that I can't wait for that. That's yeah. the kickoff, technically, to the the to my blockbuster yeah. season, if you will. He's, we're missing. Winnie the Pooh, Blood well, and Honey, well, that's, that's been out for a while. We are going to see a Fathom event <laughs> the day before we go to see Quantum Mania, and I will put it this way: we will be doing a special that week. Uh, we'll be getting together myself and Ron, and be doing a special for patrons only over on Patreon.com/slash 3FN Podcast for as little as one dollar a month. You can hear our special review of that because oh, yeah. uh, that's where that's going to go and live. But we are going to see a Fathom, event. but that's actually been out for a while. It's been out long enough that it's already getting a sequel. They have cleared yeah. thought, Winnie thought, the Pooh too. Yeah. I thought it was just... I no, it's it, been out in the theaters now technically for almost two full months. Oh, I, th- I thought it was uh, Mexico was the only other time place that they... No, no, they've done a, a bunch of different events all over in the bigger markets. It's been out. As a matter of fact, I think it's hitting streaming really soon, but I would prefer to see it on the big yeah. screen as well. But uh, yeah, they're getting a second one. That's how you know that it's done at least decent enough. It's a little it's movie so that could. It's so good. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> when we go see so it. It's so good. Diesel needs to see it. Diesel, it's now time for this week's 3FN patent pending <laughs> top three what do you got this week our top three in honor of knock at the cabin and dave batista your top three favorite times of wrestlers turned actor so basically your top three favorite wrestlers who became actors not, not the wrestlers themselves but your favorite roles of those oh you want their the yep. role what? that they were yep. in oh okay not well, the best whatever that, ones that stick out in your heart for whatever nostalgic reasons that made it a little bit harder because i was <laughs> i was just i had a list of three guys so in the pre-show i took that the wrong way so let's 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 still go yeah <laughs> so let's uh basically go so i'm gonna go with uh john cena and train wreck train wreck was not a great movie but uh he was fucking awesome yeah. in it. uh if you haven't seen his role in train wreck you should go ahead and see that uh my number two spot is actually this movie it's knock at the cabin big day batista I like Batista in a lot of things. He was going to be my number two period. Uh, so actually, Cena was going to be my number three period. So I'm just kind of u- yeah. using that. And my number one of all time is the man, the myth, the legend, the late, great, rowdy, Roddy <laughs> Piper. And They Live would be the movie yep. that I prefer. Although he's been in some other great movies, but They Live is is the classic. Ron, what's your top three? Uh, I'm going with uh, Edge there for uh, Haven. Yep. Okay, that know, counts. Having a... You know, a power that attracts bullets to you <laughs> seems like an amazing ability. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't seen Haven, like gets a little eh at the end. But yeah, he, he makes that show. Uh, two, I I gotta go with Dave Bautista and Knocking Cabin. Thought it was amazing. And a shout out to uh, Drax as in Guardians of the Galaxy. So you know, he's, he's just good too. 
And number one, it's going to be Peacemaker. It's going to be John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Of course, he is the uh, the cover of WWE 2K23 as well. Because, you know, it's John Cena. Uh, Diesel, your top three. All right. Number three for me is also Haven, but it's Edge and Christian. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, it's yeah. both. You think yeah. you know yeah. me. <laughs> dun, 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 no. <laughs> number two, we are also going with Dave Batista, but for Blade Runner 2047. Great movie. I saw the Such a small actually. role of his. If they would have brought his character out another 15, 20 minutes, it would have been even better. And then number one, someone's got to say Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But the only time I've actually really appreciated him as a true actor was Southland Tales. Southland Tales, he was great. Uh, I will say this, big shout out to Big Dave has been in a lot of great movies. That's why he's my number two and probably will end up being my number one of all time because his work in Spectre 2, uh, the Bond movie, oh, yeah. he was very short in that, but he was one of the best parts of that movie. I also want to give an honorable mention to the legendary Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. Of course, Roadhouse, <laughs> <laughs> amongst other movies, but Roadhouse. Of course, shout out Hulk Hogan. Top, Hulk Hogan uh, for Suburban Commando. I was thinking uh, Rock. Rocky. Oh, Rocky, Rocky, three. Rocky three, yes, that's great. But I mean, I think his his best, I think his best solo movie is Suburban Commando. Oh yeah, but shout outs to the Undertaker in that movie too. Tropic uh, Thunder. Uh, no, no, that was not one of the better ones. Uh, Mr. Nanny? No, 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 no. Just no. There's a lot of them. Uh, no holds barred. But let's not even talk. Ooh. One day we'll review No Holds Barred just because it smells like Dookie. <laughs> Macho Man and Spider Man. Oh yeah, Bonesaw. Yep. Bonesaw I got you. I got you for five knows. more minutes. Bonesaw nose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been there's, there's yeah. some great. I mean, across the board, there's been a lot of great actors. But I mean, I just had to give a shout out to Terry Funk. Oh yeah. He's in fucking Roadhouse and Over the Top. Yeah. Remember, yep. he's 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 he he's some eighties agent. Yeah. He's yeah. Fucking great man. It's like All a right. Switch. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. So it's time to jump over to the first part of your main course. Welcome to Three FM's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right. We are here for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And as you already know, we are reviewing Knock at the Cabin. For those of you who might be their first time listening, thank you for giving us a try. And also, if you're not familiar completely with how we do things here at the 3FN Podcast and the 3FN Movie Club Review, uh, don't worry. We're not going to spoil things without telling you. The first half of this uh, of this review is going to be all spoiler-free. We're going to give you who made the movie, who's in the movie, you know, all the stats, and then we'll give you a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down, spoiler-free recommendation. Before we then uh, take a break, after the break, we will give you one final warning before we go into the spoiler full review. So you don't have to worry. We're not going to spoil anything. Uh, you, so you can stay on board until the break. And even if you come back after the break, we'll give you one final warning. Just wanted to get that business out of the way because obviously we are doing a new movie this week because it just hit the theaters. So the movie, of course, is Knock at the Cabin and it uh, debuted on February 3rd of 2023 with a runtime of 100 minutes. And uh, before we go any further, let's give out that spoiler-free synopsis. Man, I got a story to tell. 
All right, so I'm going right for my IMDb, and because it's a new movie, it's only got the overviewing one. So let's give this one and see if it's an older film or one that has multiple. We usually give three and pick the best, but we only have one. This is spoiler-free. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Very simplistic. I wouldn't quite say that that's exactly, but what are your thoughts on that synopsis? That's one of the better ones. It's the basic premise. Uh, Yeah, I, I like it. You'll go with it? I'm good with it. Ron's good with it? We're all good with it. So, yes, it is basically the basic premise and very spoiler-free. Yep. Well, let's find out who made this movie. Who made this movie? All right. First of all, the director of this film was the legendary, I will say legendary, oh, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Of course, uh, we all know uh, M. Night Shyamalan movies, but he started his career with a movie that I I don't think most of us remembered. It's uh, Praying with Anger in 1992. That was his first oh. directorial debut. And then it would take seven years before he directed another movie. And of course... In 1999, he directed the movie that launched his career. That would be The Sixth Sense. Uh, Not giving out all of his credits, but he also would be the director of Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, The Happening, Split, Glass, and most recently before, obviously his most recent film is uh, Knock at the Cabin. The one before that would be Old in 2021. Uh, The screenplay for this movie was actually done by, uh, well, first of all, I want to point this out. This movie is based on a book. The book was called The Cabin at the End of the World, and it was written by Paul Tremblay. So that is who the story is done by. It is a book adaptation. I do not know how close it is. I, uh, our good friend George has not seen the movie yet, so I did not want to spoil the movie yeah. for him to find out if it was. We'll have to do like a recall back to it at some point to see how close it was to the book, or else one of us has to read the book. And uh, I don't read too much these days, so I'm just going to throw that one out there. But we did have three people on the screenplay, including M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan has written every movie he has directed, at least taken part in it. Yeah. Maybe not the full credits, some full credits, some not. Uh, also, on top of that, he has written other movies as well that he did not direct, including Wide Awake, the Stuart Little movie. Oh, nice. Devil, remember that was the one in the yeah. elevator? Yes, yes, yes. After Earth, which was based on... Uh, I, I was actually wondering if M. Night Shyamalan is a Scientologist. Could be. Because that's the movie with Will Smith and Jaden Smith. Yep. And I know the story for that was written by L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he is or not, so I don't want to put it out there. But I, I, I might have to look at that. He was also the writer of The Visit. Remember that was the one where the, the kids go and visit the grandparents? Yes. And all the creepy stuff. He wrote that movie. He did not direct it. Uh, the other writers on this movie actually have, don't have much to their credit. Uh, the first one is Steve Desmond. Uh, he uh, wrote the St. Valentine's. Valentine's Day Massacre back in 2004, and then a movie called Monsters in 2015 is his only other credit, and uh, Michael Sherman, who uh, wrote a movie called Life or Breath back in 2004, and he also wrote Monsters. I didn't call them a writing duo, because the only movie they wrote together was Monsters. Maybe going forward, they will be a writing duo, but as of right now, I didn't feel comfortable saying as such. Uh, This is also a kind of unique movie in a way, because there is two cinematographers on this film. They didn't have one. They had two. So the first one is uh, Jaren Blask, uh, who started his movie career at Calling It Quits in 2008. Uh, he also was the DP for Frey, The House at the Edge of the Galaxy. And then he did a bunch of like very artsy uh, uh, horror films because he did The Witch and The Lighthouse. And if you guys are familiar with the, both of those, they're actually very good movies. I do, uh, do recommend them. And he did a movie that we really liked last year. It was his last movie he did before this one. And that would be The Northman. He was the oh, director no. of photography nice. for Northman in 2022. And uh, the other director of photography on the movie is Lowell A. Mayer. Uh, his first movie he did was The Big Bigfoot Project in 2017. He did a lot of like uh, TV and stuff beforehand. Uh, he also did a movie called Thunder Road. And his 
other flick, that, the flick that he did right before this one would be It Ain't Over in 2022. Yes. So he's a guy, both of these guys kind of new. One of them has a little more of a pedigree, though, with The Witch, The Lighthouse, and, of course, The Northman. And uh, now I know why the movie was shot so well. Yeah. Uh, very, very artistic directed. Now that we found out who made it, it's time to start find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Every time I get to hear Cloris Leachman do that, it makes me happy. And I know Diesel smiled yes. for the same reason. Uh, of course, the star of this movie, in my opinion, Big Dave Bautista, plays Leonard. Uh, and I, I did not write down all of it, but there was one that, that kind of took me by surprise. Uh, my son, What Have Ye Done, in 2009 was actually his first movie. His first IMDb credits were all for wrestling, because yeah. obviously he's the wrestler Batista. Uh, but 2009, he was in a movie called My Son, What I, Have I Ye Done? I don't, I've never seen it, so it's interesting. Uh, but then he would do a movie that we do know, The Man with the Iron Fist. That was the Wu-Tang movie. He was in Riddick. And of course, he's been in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, including the new one coming out soon. We mentioned already Spectre and Blade Runner 2049, plus Avengers Endgame doing with the Marvel Universe and he is in Dune in the upcoming Dune Part 2 and of course most recently before this movie his last movie before this one was Glass Onion in 2022 he did show up there as well uh, also this movie is playing one of the dads in this movie uh, Jonathan Gruff playing Eric uh, his first movie was Taking Woodstock back in 2009 he was also an American Sniper he was in Hamilton he played yeah. he, he was in Hamilton and uh, also The Matrix Resurrections and most recently before this Lost Alley in 2022 uh, ben Aldridge, who plays the other dad, Andrew, uh, his first movie was back in 2013, The Railway Man. He's all, most famously known, though, as Thomas Wayne in Pennyworth, the Pennyworth series. Oh, okay. He plays Thomas Wayne. And, of course, he most recently, and it came out right before this, was in Spoiler Alert 2022 with Jim Parsons. Oh, That's nice. the movie that uh, yep. we, I think you've seen some advertisements for that. Yeah, it just came out. Uh, uh the next up on people who are in this movie that because uh, I only have one more that I have a long list and then I have other ones that are a shorter list we have uh, Rupert Grint played Redmond of course the Harry Potter fans who are all mad at Ron for what he says at the end of the show <laughs> will rejoice because his first movie was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in 2001 and of course he's been in the Harry Potter films as Ron Weasley so that is where you would know Rupert Grint from but he plays Redmond in this movie um Interesting, interesting the fact that in this movie, I can't say the spoiler part. I have a funny uh, thing, and I think Diesel knows exactly where I'm going when we get there. So we'll save that for our, our friends at the spoiler part. So I, because I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody. Uh, big shout outs to some other people in the movie. Nikki Amuka Bird played uh, Sabrina. She's uh, one of the main characters in this film. You know her from Jupiter Ascending. She was also in Old, and she was in the Omen remake that just came out uh, not that long ago. Uh, of course, Abby Quinn plays Adrian. She has another big role in this movie. Uh, she's been in a lot of smaller films. This is like her first big, big film. Uh, you might remember from Radium Girls or Landline. That's where IMDb has most memorably. Uh, Wynn is played by Kristen Q. She's a beautiful young girl. She's only been in another star. She was in the uh, Cali Star Don't Give Up movie. That's the only other movie she's been in. Like, uh, so this was only her like first major motion picture, if you will. And those are your main characters of this film. There's a lot of people on the secondary market, including M. Night Shyamalan doing his normal cameo <laughs> in a commercial in this movie, which was kind of awesome. I mean, it doesn't look like he's a Scientologist. It looks like him and Will Smith were just friends because okay. they grew up in Philadelphia. They didn't know each other, but it looks like they that's how they connected. So we can assume that M. Night Shyamalan is from West Philadelphia, born and yes. raised, and on a playground. He spent most yeah. of his days. Yeah, it was about uh, two mile or two blocks away or something like that. Oh, so. so he was from West Philly. Okay, yeah. well that's cool. I mean, I just I, I'm glad that I'm, you did the research. 
research real no. quick because I, when I was looking at that, I'm like, that's unusual yeah. that somebody's yeah. in a, doing a Scientology-based movie who's not a Scientologist. Yeah. In, in his review, he says, no, it's not based on Scientology. It's just a good movie. Go see it. By the way, <laughs> this being the number one movie in America, remember, he also did uh, The Last Airbender, which was the live-action Avatar film. So there's kind of some poetic justice that he knocked out Avatar from the number one slot. Just want to throw that out there uh, to, to get M. Night Shyamalan's back just a little bit. Because you know what? Sometimes he gets harshly criticized. Sometimes for the right reasons, yes. sometimes for the wrong. <laughs> Let's go look at the money situation. The budget of this film was $20 million. You heard Diesel give out the domestic total, which was right around $14 million. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, do you want to get to the global box office thus far? It has not released everywhere in the world, but it is higher than $14 million. I'm going even 20. Going an even 20 run. 28. You know what? You guys were both super close. $21.2 million. Yep. So it has made us money back in the opening week. Like I said, it has not opened completely wide yet. So I think that margin is only going to get bigger. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the spoiler section. But before we go in the spoiler section, the spoiler free section, sorry, who? Uh, before we go in the spoiler free section, uh, we have to give our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation with a spoiler free why right now so we're going to start with ron what is your spoiler free recommendation for knock at the cabin i give it a thumbs up i think it's definitely worth a watch batista does his thing in this uh you know we'll talk about what takes us out of the movie later but that's besides the point i, I still think it's worth a watch okay diesel uh, definitely thumbs up um this is probably my top three it's like number three or number four in m night Shyamalan movies actually uh really well done well acted i, I enjoyed the pacing of the movie I definitely recommend watching it. I'm going to make this a trifecta. I am actually giving this a thumbs up for watching it. It is a worthwhile movie. There's some really great acting. Dave Batista steals the fucking show. Uh, I'm going to gloat about that a lot during the spoiler full <laughs> portion because I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm just saying he has a really big breakout here. I mean, we've seen him in every th other things and people have liked him. This was the first time we saw him in a role where his size and his physicality did not matter. So it was kind of cool to see him actually act and he fucking hit a grand slam in my opinion. The other acting in this movie was very good. The story was good. Uh, uh, like overall this movie is 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 a definitely a movie that should be seen well that is going to take us to the end of the first half of the show we're going to take our break when we come back from the break we are going to give you the spoiler full review of knock at the cabin right after this break Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds podcast you're falling apart and you know it Try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too. And I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you. Just like you. Just like you. You have to understand that we cannot and will not choose who is to be sacrificed for you. And just as importantly, we cannot act for you. You cannot kill yourselves. We're not choosing anyone. We're not sacrificing anyone. Not now, not ever. Even if it means the death of everyone else in the world. Yes. Even if I believe the world was at stake, which I don't, that's what it means. I would watch the world die a hundred times over before having- Christ, waste of time. They're never going to choose to do this. And I don't blame them. 
All right. Of course, that was a clip from Knock at the Cabin. And, of course, we are going to go into this, the second half of the 3FM Movie Club review. And we're going to be kicking off our fully, fully spoiler full review of Knock at the Cabin. Before we do, we're going to give that fine one final bailout to anybody who may have not seen the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want it spoiled, or, you know, so this is the time to stop and come back after you've seen the movie and then listen to what we've thought. However, if you don't care about the movie being spoiled or you've already seen it, here's where you stay in for the full-on review because we're about to enter the spoiler territory. That's right, it's now spoiler full review time for Knock at the Cabin. And I, I've already said this already because it's not really a spoiler, but man, the acting in this movie was yeah. tremendous. <laughs> and I also want to give a huge shout out to M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> and uh, up front, we're going to get there. We're going to kind of go through the movie. I, I'm not going to say we're going to talk about every scene. We're going to skip around a little bit because obviously this movie's pretty fucking straightforward. And that's the big credit. M. Night Shyamalan made a movie where there's no twist. There's really no twist in this no. movie. And on top of that, it's a straightforward fucking film. And I right down to the fact when this movie opens up, we get the we get the opening credits right away. And it's like these doodles on paper that we find out later on are all of our different characters. You know, because some of them are on like just like a, a menu. Some one of them's on some school like papers. One of them's on like some just rather medical charts. Medical yeah. charts. And we find out these are the visions that our main characters are having. Yes. And when we go through the movie, so that's kind of like revealed that like this thing you see in the open. And then once that's over, and we get the knock at the cabin, it goes right to the cabin, and it goes right to this the scene that you guys have probably seen on the trailers where the little girl is sitting outside. You don't know what she's doing, but she is catching grasshoppers, and Dave Batista approaches her. Yes. And that's where we start. We go right into the movie. There's no, oh, we're going to dance around. Yeah. We're going to show you some other shit. No, no, no. We go right into the yeah. movie, you know, with with, with with Big Dave Batista giving some of his best acting. How do you feel about the movie kicking right off and starting off? I loved how they did the, the movie with... Uh, filming right off because based off the trailer you saw the scenes of like them going on vacation doing all this but the way they filmed it they start right off and all those scenes of like them driving there singing along with each other those are all flashbacks while the shit's going down they have these mini flashbacks happen throughout the middle of the movie and i thought it was tremendously edited well like this I will say this, though. I did not like the flashbacks. That's part of the thing that I'm going to say when I didn't like, because I didn't really find them necessary. I like the fact that they immersed us in this world where we already get to this family loves each other. That's what's the important part. And they immersed us with the, they give you right, within the first 10 minutes of this film, we have the house break in, and we start to understand what's going on. I didn't think they needed the flashbacks, in my opinion. I, I think the, a couple, like, the Daddy Eric versus the Daddy Andrew flashbacks, like, it, I think it was just to show that, you know, Daddy Andrew was an analytical thinker and that Daddy Eric was more uh, emotional, which comes into play later on. But then you find out that Andrew was also a very emotional reacting character. Yes. Right. But I, I still think that, like, you could have done, it was done enough yeah. during the movie. That's just my personal take. Like, they could have done away with some of them, but I think a few of them were necessary. Like, you didn't need to show the adoption process and a couple of the other ones. And I think with the whole, which we'll get into later, the whole uh, being a victim of a hate crime wasn't needed. I don't think it really advanced the story that much. No, especially when they don't, they go out of their way not to show you. So yeah. they kind of drop the ball on that. It yeah. would have been necessary if they would have made a different decision. We'll get there in a second. So as they break in, basically, you know, they try to get in the house. They have to break in the house and, and you find out that... Uh, our our ant our antagonists, if you will, in this movie are uh, Leonard, Sabrina, 
Adrian, and Redmond. And they are the four people who have come to the to the cabin to say, hey, listen, as shitty as it sounds, the world is going to end unless you make a choice. And what, unfortunately, we've come here with the bad news that you, one of you has to be sacrificed. You have, and but we can't do it. You, you kind of heard it in that clip. Yeah. You have to pick the sacrifice. And if you don't pick the sacrifice, then there's going to be different plagues left upon to the world. And the part of the world will be judged until either you pick the sacrifice or the entire world gets judged and it brings on the apocalypse. Yeah. You'll survive and be forced to wander the earth with each other alone. Until you die off. Yeah. But the the world's going to end if you don't do this. But so, you you know, it's appreciated if you make, you know, a decision. Yeah. So the two of, you know, they, they're, they're tied to chairs at this yeah. point. And mind you, during the break-in, uh, one of the fathers, Daddy Eric, gets a, concu- a concussion through the attack. And um, they wind up getting both tied down. But throughout the movie, Eric has a concussion. Yeah, I want to apologize. I keep coughing. I said that how good I was doing with not coughing, and then all of a sudden I had to cough. You're thinking about it. I know. I probably was. So now we get to this portion where they have to make a decision, and it's coming upon this time. He keeps looking at his watch. You know, it's going to be time for your first decision. Well, the first decision is Redmond. So, you know, they kind of, all of them introduce themselves to them and try to, like, plea for them to make the sacrifice to better the world. And they basically, as you heard in that thing, refuse it. So Batista says, well, it's time. So Redman gets on the uh, his knees, puts a white hood over his head. Before he does, I think he has the best one because he says, I want you to look at me. While this happens, I want you to watch because you did this. Yeah. And I thought that that was like, man, that's fucking poignant. And then the little brief, I'm fucking scared, man. That was like, ooh, what the fuck? Very, yeah. very telling. So he gets on his knees, he puts this hood over his head, and they proceed to kill them with these fucking... Homemade weapons. Homemade, homemade weapons. weapons that were designed in their head. Because you find out they have all these visions. They know what's going to happen to the world. They know what's going to happen. And before, right after, uh, before they do it, Batista makes the announcement that since you refuse to choose, uh, part of the world has been judged. And as they kill him, they had told them previous what was going to happen. They had told them the different plagues. So if they didn't choose the first time, what was it going to be? Uh, the first one was the earthquakes. The tsunami or Tsunami, yeah, yeah. The second one was uh, going to be the disease. Yes. yes. The third one was that things were going to fall from the sky. Pieces of the sky were going to fall. And then and that God's fingers would scorch the earth. Yes. And then the fourth one was the apocalypse. Yes. That was it. There's no turning back now. So after they kill Redman, uh, they turn around, they turn the TV on. And what do we see on the TV? The best infomercial seller since Ron Popeil, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, pitching his air fryer. Frying some chicken. <laughs> But then what do they see when they turn it to the news? Uh, well, speci- no, it gets broken in. Yeah, special report. So, obviously, they're watching, like, the QVC-type channel. So, if there's a special report on QVC, you know something big just happened. Yes. So, there's earthquakes in the ocean off the coast of Alaska. Uh, and- yep. And so, it goes into these, like, news clips, and there's a fucking tsunami coming. And it showed some cool scenes of a beach, and people just standing there watching the water kind of recede, and then this tower of water coming. <laughs> and they it, waited way too long to start yeah. running. And they, and they did. <laughs> you can assume that they're all dead. Yeah. They, they so, sleeping with the fishies. So, then, basically, they say, listen, you have until tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. You're going to have that choice again. We'll, we'll be here to, not really at your beck and call, but we'll help you guys out because obviously we can't let you go. Yeah. So we get to the next day, and now, you know, we find out that Adrian is, you know, making breakfast. She's a cook. We find out during the course of this that she has a son. She says she has a son. And we go back, and once again, Andrew is very much of this, 
no, we won't ever fucking choose. And, you know, you guys hate us because we're gay. You're only here because we're, we're a homosexual couple with a child. That's the real reason. None of this is real. Yada, yada, yada. Like, he sticks to that gun throughout the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, now Adrian gets down. She puts the thing over and she's like, please save my son. Da, 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 da. And then, of course, we have Dave Batista say, well, since you refuse to choose... Another portion of the world has now been judged. They kill Adrian. And the plague that they reach out this time is kind of eerily similar to the world in the pandemic yep. because it's a disease. But this is killing off children. Killing off children like crazy. And, you know, it goes into a pre-recorded news bit of all this stuff. And it's a global pandemic. There's a new variant of the flu or something that's just devastating the world. So this is where we get uh, him say, well, it was already pre-recorded because Erica's obviously going, wow, this is fucked up. We're killing people and not just the people in front of us. He's like, well, it's pre-recorded. He keeps looking at his watch. This is all set up. Yeah. You know, this is what Andrew is saying. He goes, and besides, I recognize that Redmond guy. He's the guy that, that beat me up in the bar. He's the guy that beat me up for being gay. And uh, he basically, you know, Eric's like, well, that guy's name was O'Bannon. His name was Redmond. Yeah. And he goes, I, check his wallet. Check his. And, and fucking Batista's like, no, we're not going to do that. That makes no difference. What does it matter? You just saw what happened when you didn't choose. Yeah. You're going to be called upon to choose again. Well, in the meantime, <clears throat> Andrew and them, you know, get together to get a distraction so he can try to escape out to the car because he gun. has a gun in the trunk. He, de- he, he escapes out to the car. Of course, Sabrina goes after him and fucks his leg up pretty good because for whatever reason, instead of just popping the trunk of the fucking thing and grabbing his gun, he has to get in the car and climb all the way through it. I don't understand yeah. that. Well, it, dramatic effect, and plus it was in a safe, so you got to like kind of like get yourself in there and be able to open up the safe and then load up the gun, which took forever. <laughs> and then, you know, she breaks in, but by the time she does, he has the gun on her. Yep. So now we have a gun in play. They have weapons. He has a gun. So he's out battling them here. So <laughs> They have weapons. He has a gun. They're not allowed to kill them. Right. And they're not allowed to kill them. Right. So then he just has to kill these two and they can leave. Now, mind you, the tires on the car are flat. But here's the thing. If you're surviving, you can still drive with that fucking car. This is yeah. the part that drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. You have a gun now. You can just kill these two and jump in the car. Now, you already don't care if the world's going to end. So if they die, so fucking what? Right? <laughs> yeah. And you can still drive on flat tires. You could drive down the road, find their vehicle, which is your plan to go look for on foot. And yeah. fucking this movie's <laughs> over. The world ends, but the movie's fucking over, right? If you believe that. Yeah. If you believe that's what's happening in this movie. But no, that's not what we get. He goes back in the house, and then, you know, they get them at gunpoint, and they're like, well, watch, make sure, you know. Well, first of all, Sabrina is now the sacrifice. Well, Sabrina runs off once he gets the gun. Uh, they go back into the house, and then Sabrina runs back in to try to, uh, like, apprehend him again, and she is the next sacrifice. Because instead of, instead of just having her head cut off, she or she killed. He shoots her while well, she's still alive. Batista goes, "Well, it's perfect timing. You know, are you going to sacrifice? Nope. All right. Well, another portion of the world has been judged. Puts her mask over her, chops her head off, and uh, we get the next uh, plague, if you will, and that would be that uh, things are going to fall from the sky. So, what falls from the sky, Ronald? All the airplanes. <laughs> Yeah, they just start falling out of the everywhere. sky. Just airplanes, drop, drop, drop yep. helicopters, whatever. It goes to the TV back on, and there's news reports from like Australia, and planes are just flying out of the sky. It looks pretty cool, but it looks a little off CGI wise. But like the planes weren't like dive bombing; they were just tumbling yeah, out of the sky. Yeah, they just dropped. and then just and just exploding like bombs yeah. when they hit the ground. They're hitting the ground in cities, exploding blocks of cities. Yeah. Like, it was fucking crazy. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, this is kind of insane. So now, you know, Andrew's got the gun. 
He's like, well, we're just going to go get to their vehicle. For whatever reason, they decide to... Uh, well, first of all, he goes to check the ID. Now, this is why I said that the, the flashback scene made no sense here. Because you should have been showing that he was crazy and that the, there were two different guys. But nope, it's proven. This is O'Bannon. Yeah. By the way, when they show the flashback scene, they don't see you don't see the guy's face. Also, ambiguously, they don't make it sound like it was necessarily because he was gay. Yeah, it was... No. The flashback of the assault in the bar was... We need to keep it down, and then it kind of like escalated, and then he just gets hit with a beer bottle in the back of the head. Yeah. So you're led to believe that it might have been a homophobic incident, but it might not. It could have only. It could also been because they were being fucking loud. Yeah. Who knows? Because he was being kind of loud. <laughs> so you don't know. So it's kind of obscure. So I thought they did a great job. It's ambu- the ambiguity of it was fucking amazing. But I think that they made a mistake being that Redmond ends up being O'Bannon because if he would have not been. It would have been like a far better fucking story yes. because then it would show how far off Andrew truly is. So I, I think the reason they did that though was as, just as a red herring because the entire movie Andrew is the voice of logic. Like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, "There's no apocalypse. This is this is absurd." Like you're, you're also watching this movie because it's an M Night Shyamalan film. Going, we're gonna get twisted. Yeah. Well, no, just like through the lens of watching this movie, like. Andrew is the voice of logic. Like, no, this isn't happening. And I would be in the same position as Andrew. I'm like, I don't believe that the apocalypse is coming. I'm not going to sacrifice the person I love. I'm not going to do it. So I think showing, having that connection was a red herring. Because like, oh, there was a connection between those two. He does dislike this guy. That's, I think it was just a red herring to like, kind of tease the twist that never came. But I also think that they drop the ball on the red herring even because yeah. like without the twist coming the red herring makes yeah. no fucking yeah. sense yeah so uh, uh, that was one of the things that did kind of take me out and that's why i said a lot of the flashbacks weren't effective i didn't really need to know that andrew's parents did not approve of him being gay yeah like yeah. that was one of the flashbacks that you get and you're just like but that doesn't make us that has nothing to do with the story we're in other than the fact that the only thing that drives is the fact that andrew just keeps saying they hate us because we're gay yeah. they hate us because we're they're they're you know they think we're evil so they're trying to kill us like that's the only thing that goes is his paranoia that everybody's out to get them because they're gay it, that's the only honestly that's the only reason to put that in in my opinion that and to show that those two truly love each other because then you had the moment of me and you forever I agree, but you could have still done. You did that in the yeah. cabin before yeah. then. You did that in so the you cabin. Did, you understand that? You it's did not that. All the, I did in the cabin. I, you, I hope. I hope they got some booty before whatever. I'm praying they did. You also got it with the you know, the, the scene of them driving into the cabin and putting on boogie shoes, like the Which song. Only ties into the end. Yeah, but it, it was a cute moment, and you, you just see throughout the flashbacks how much that the family does love each other, and they fought to be together. So you know what? I can agree with that one. <clears throat> but you could have just done that in the beginning of the film. We could have still started out the film hot with them just pulling up and then shit going down yeah. from right there. And we could have still gotten the boogie shoes in the yeah. fucking car. I'm just saying, that's why I think the flashbacks took me out because they were at weird times. Yeah. I was engrossed in the film and every time a flashback happened and it really didn't help progress the story in my opinion. So every time a flashback happened, I went, all right, I was just like, like, cause this movie keeps you on the edge of your seat because you're waiting for the next thing to happen. Yeah. Even though you start to understand what's happening, you're still like, cause it's an M Night Shyamalan film, you're instantly looking for a twist. And then on top of that, you're also, and he's playing on that. Yeah. Like, I, I give him a hundred percent credit. You know, he's playing on that. He's playing on the fact that you're expecting the twist to come, whether it does or not. You're expecting it, so he's playing on that emotion. But he's also like the way the movie is shot. It, it's kind of in. A, it, it's not like Smile where they're moving the camera a lot, no. but there's a lot of suspense built. 
and every time you went to a fucking flashback, you took away that suspense. So when they came back, it took me a minute or two to get back in the seat yeah. where I was at, where I'm watching the super suspenseful where this family's held captive. And maybe these people are there to kill them because they're gay. Maybe these people are really the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We don't know yet, but it's fucking weird. And and like you're just taking me out of it. That I think that's why I didn't like the flashbacks as yeah. much. I, a few things I did enjoy about the flashbacks, though, was it did serve to per- move parts of the story forward. But once we got into the Eric getting assaulted or Andrew getting assaulted at the bar and then showing him like training at the boxing gym and buying the and gun, buying the gun, you start to see that because throughout the whole movie, he is the logical thinker of the two. You start to see how emotional he actually is. So I think it served a good portion to show like he's not as like stonewalled as you think he is. He reacts on emotion more than we thought. Yeah, yeah and he's but he's whiny too. He, I don't know. I love Daddy Andrew. <laughs> Daddy Andrew. Dude, I'm just saying he's fucking whiny, okay? He's a whiny little bitch. Diesel wants a Daddy out. Andrew. I, I love I love me some Eric. Daddy Andrew, not so much. I enjoyed the family a lot, actually. <laughs> as a whole. See, the, 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 that's where we differ. Yeah. Here. So now, where we were in the story, we now we have three of our antagonists, if no. you will, dead, and it just leaves Leonard Batista's character left. So they decide, and this is the dumb part. Once again, we've already been over the fact that they could have just drove off, they could have just shot both of them, or they could have just left without. They have a gun. They were already told that they can't be killed by these people, so they could just leave. Yeah. They could just fucking leave, but they don't. Instead. They, you know, now we have Sabrina dead. We have the third plague. And now the big fucking thing is, well, let's stick Leonard in the fucking bathroom. We'll lock him in there. And then we'll walk. Then we'll go on foot to find whatever vehicle they obviously drove here in. And we'll drive off. Okay. Well, they lock him in the bathroom. And then you hear the window in the bathroom break. So, of course, instead of just still, oh, we have the gun, let's just walk to the fucking car, we get into our vehicle and drive to the other vehicle and we're completely protected, who cares if it has flat tires? It's not like you care if it destroys the rims anyways. You're trying to survive. But anyways, instead of doing that, which makes no fucking sense, they open the fucking door. Now, we already know that the bathroom window ain't big enough for Big Dave to get out the bathroom window. If he attempted to get out this, he would have needed the poot himself. Pretty much. So now, they're like, okay... He must be in the shower. So he shoots the gun blindly into the shower and doesn't hear a sound. So assumes that, well, maybe he's not in the shower until he pulls the curtain. Here comes Big Dave. He shot him in the arm. Big Dave does not sell because fuck it. Big Dave ain't selling. <laughs> and he fucking Big Dave. This is the only time his physicality comes into a point because he basically takes the gun from him and tosses him out to the other room. Like, fuck you. I'm, I'm way bigger than you are. So now he's got the gun. Fucking why? Why does he even have the gun? So. Here's where you're like, okay, well, he can't kill him. Maybe the twist is that they were just homophobes, uh, the group of antagonists. Maybe this is all bullshit. Nope. Instead, Big Dave goes, well, it's time. I prefer to go outside for this. Yep. And so he goes outside. He puts the gun down. He sits in this chair, and he pulls out a fucking knife. And he goes to the two of them, basically, hey, you know, I really love teaching the kids because we find out he's a teacher. They don't believe him, just like they didn't believe that Adrian's a mother and they don't believe that Sabrina's a nurse. And, you know, obviously now Redmond is actually O'Bannon, so yeah. they just believe that you're all homophobes and that's why they're, you're there to kill them. And so he goes, you know, I really love teaching my kids and this is like really hard, but, uh, you know, you know, it is whatever it is. And uh, he basically says one last time, will you make the choice to sacrifice? And they go, no. And he goes, well, just to let you know, after this is done, you only you have a brief moment where you can still make the sacrifice and make this go away. But after the, those moments are up, that window closes and the apocalypse is set forth. So then he says, 
and it's, you know all the time he's like part of humanity he goes now all of humanity is judged and he fucking slits his throat they don't show the, the throat slit I thought that they could have I wonder if they're going to be an uncut version because they don't show really any of the killings no it's and all, I kind of would have liked to see some because yeah. they look fucking cool as shit I wouldn't I know because I looked away Diesel, he, Diesel didn't want to <laughs> yeah. see no you don't see anything yeah. you can see the blood going yeah. down his shirt after yeah. but he slits his throat you can tell it's like a fucking gnarly kind of yeah. fucking slit too and then the skies turn black and we see a plane falling out of the yep. sky which is kind of funny and then like the skies turn black and fucking lightning is striking and it's like holy shit fucking is about to end so we get this moment where right before he does that they send uh went off to the treehouse and said stay there until one of us comes to get you that's what daddy eric tells her so we have eric and andrew inside and he go and you know this is where you it's revealed that they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse because eric's kind of like you know you know they represent you know this, this is one of the parts that took me out too because it was like uh redmond was malice uh, Leonard was nurturing. It was like nurturing is not one of the four horsemen of apocalypse. No, no, no. They they were making up their own <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. because the, the the helper was Sabrina. No, the nurturer was Adrian, and then the teacher was Leonard. Yeah. So they were like that. That's because they were trying to say like basically it was a nine, kind of a new age thing because it didn't throw me off. It was a new age way to look at it of like not the evil sides of the world, but the parts of the world that you need to go, because basically it wasn't just him being malice, but he was getting over his anger. Yeah. He was trying to become a better person is what they were going with for Redmond. <laughs> and then you have the teacher, you have the nurturer and you have the, the helper, the yeah. nurse, the, the healer, if you will. And so you have the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And basically Eric's like, they were sent here, you know, for us, you know, it, it didn't matter. We were in just the wrong place at the wrong time. They weren't here because we were gay or they didn't like us. We were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. We were chosen by yeah. Rand which is what they keep telling them because they didn't know who was there they, they didn't know you yeah. know whatever it's a matter of fact when he finds out he, she has two daddies because she's like oh daddy eric and daddy andrew when he's first talking to her he goes well i wasn't expecting that yeah. you know what i mean like he Leonard literally makes that comment yeah. they didn't yeah. know yeah they made the comment where she said daddy eric and he goes daddy eric and she goes well it's so I, they know which one i'm talking to and he goes oh you have two daddies yeah my my school like my school nurse or whatever she said or teacher says yeah it's or it's pretty cool you have two daddies and she's like yeah except how for my wonderful teacher. is that and then my teacher my, except for my teacher whenever she says it it sounds condescending yeah it's kind of weird. <laughs> but like 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 he's very accepting but he's like he did he didn't know that wrinkle so like you have this whole movie where you're like oh well who to believe who to believe so you get to the end and you're like oh they are the four horsemen so eric's like you know i need to be sacrificed i saw something in the he says it earlier but he reiterates he saw something a figure in the light when he was sitting in the chair before redmond dies right. and so something's happening you need to kill me you know i I saw a vision of you and our daughter which they show this vision of the future and he's like i saw this vision so you need to do that so there is a future because if not there's no future so what's the point and finally andrew ends up shooting eric and then he goes and gets win and like that would normally be where the movie ends and you know fine but then they go to a diner down the road yeah they, they, they walk and they find the truck that the four horsemen came in on and they get in it. The keys are in it, and they just start driving. And they drive down to this diner, and they go inside, and they find out that like miraculously, all these things have stopped. They, all of a sudden, no more people are dying from this illness, and the oceans have receded back, and the earthquakes have stopped, and the things are now the last planes in the sky have landed. They landed safely, so that's over. And the storms and shit that were going on are all done. So they find out like he's like, oh shit, it must have been real. Because still at this point, I don't think Andrew sold on this being real, and then. They end the movie, like when we get to the insane end, he goes back to the truck 
and he searches and I don't understand why he does this except for like I have a theory of why he does it which we'll get to after but he goes through the truck and he goes through their bags finding out that Adrian did have a son which he flat out told her she didn't finds out that Sabrina was uh, like an ER nurse and has like awards for it. finds out that Leonard was a teacher and he's got this note from his kids around with a certificate in his back and then he saw that O'Bannon was trying to fix his life uh, because of his you know where he was working even though he was an ex-con and did what he did and so he's you can tell that he's like oh shit these people were being honest and real with me and i didn't think that and then he goes to turn on the radio so for them to drive off and that's when you get boogie shoes again and he turns it off and then the daughter turns it on then she turns it off and then he turns (laughs) it on and they drive away so you have a nice moment i won't say it wasn't a nice moment but i did enjoy how it ended with that that was actually pretty sweet i just think it was weird that when he went back in the back so i'm like what purpose does this serve you thought these people were lying you obviously know that it's real now or should know it's real now so what purpose does it serve to prove that they were not lying to you at all and i think to me that just makes him more of the asshole like I'm like was was the shot to be like our hero was the twist honestly to be our hero was really an asshole because he didn't believe these people and they were right and he was yeah. wrong and I just don't get the I don't get the tongue in cheek to that because I don't think that that was needed yeah. so I will say that I didn't like that portion just because I don't think it was needed because I already thought he was kind of an asshole so like he was he's a pretentious prick yeah right. I, that's why I didn't like him I think he should have been the one that dies I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I would have cared less I guess I, I, I mean I felt worse for Eric. I think showing, you know, the certificate with all the kids' signatures, you know, kids signing for Leonard and all the other stuff is just for us, the viewer. It was okay. just a way to get at that without, to like... To reassure us that they were good people. That and they, they were good people and they did stop the apocalypse. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm taking it like, man, that's kind of fucked up that this guy's <laughs> the asshole because he is the asshole. And in my opinion, he was. So we've kind of gone through the movie. I want to open the floor now. Any, uh, once again, I want to point out there's no twist. The twist of this movie literally is that they were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They kind of didn't claim that, but they claimed that there, there was going to be plagues if they died. There was, and it was what it was. They yeah. were the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they needed a sacrifice. And I guess every so many thousand years, uh, somebody, a family has to sacrifice a member so society carries on. That's what we kind of get told, and that's what happens. So obviously it was real. It's not a normal M. Night Shyamalan film where we get the, the fucking trees or the water did it or whatever. So... I want to open up any more likes or dislikes that we want to talk about before we move on. Uh, Diesel, go ahead. Uh, I, again, shout out all the acting in this movie. I did enjoy everybody. The little girl on up to Rupert Grant. I th- wanted more of Yeah, the, the two women I thought were phenomenal. And then Batista, like, this is probably his best role so yeah. to date. Like, he Agreed. knocked it out of the park. The amount of empathy that he shows through this while putting these people in this very unsettling situation was amazing yeah ronnie anything to add uh, obviously the acting like diesel said and everybody else has said on that but we'll skip that i go i understand you didn't like the flashbacks and i understand why you didn't like the flashbacks but i like the fact that they were short they were only a couple yeah. m- minutes i think the longest one was three yeah so and the fact was, that they started that movie hot, hot was kind of cool right the fact <laughs> they started it hot and we didn't have to go through that beginning bullshit of these what the flashbacks would have been for the beginning because yeah. then i would have been probably out of this movie by that point in time but and i understand the take on the flashbacks on why some people like why they put them in there but i also understand why people wouldn't like them because yeah. it is kind of eh, and whatever when you see it when you people see it you can take your blame or with the, but the fact that they're like three minutes four minutes and done like it's not like a 15 minute 
flashback side, side trip yeah. it was uh all right we're gonna give you a little bit more information yeah. that you need to move and the then, story forward and then um you know it, it, you know the fact there wasn't a real true twist i mean i'll be honest <laughs> old didn't do it for me because of the twist i'm like i was, I was all right with this I will say this. I, I'm happy that they were short. I just thought that they were unnecessary yeah. because I thought I that I thought that the flashbacks, like I said, my biggest gripe with them wasn't necessarily because every movie has like little stuff that it doesn't need. But I thought in this case, you built this wonderful, suspenseful world, and every time you did a flashback, we took us out of that world yes. to then try to reinsert. And it like there was a couple times in the movie it really felt like whatever. There was one in particular that was needed. Out of all of them, if I'm going to go, which one was needed? There was the one with the the the, the car where they're in the car because yeah. that explains where we are later. We don't need to see the adoption one because like the, the, yeah. the, the one part about the adoption one that really kind of messed with me was like you're proud to be a, a gay couple, but when you go to adopt a child, you say, "Well, my wife couldn't make it. My brother, her, her brother came instead." Yeah, like so you lied about who you were in that case, but you're you're adamant about not lying about who you are to anybody else. I, I think that was more so they wouldn't allow gay parents to adopt kids, so they had to. Do that, but to they're get the so. But the character of Andrew is so adamant that he's not going to lie or sacrifice who they are for anybody, and he's unapologetic about it. I thought that that was interesting. I mean, I understand yeah. that Eric lies, but Andrew allows the lie, and throughout the rest of the movie, we 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 really get the sense. And mind you, he shouldn't be ashamed of who they right. are. I'm not saying he should, but it's kind of it's kind of um, what is it? Uh, a departure from his character that we build in this movie because he's very unapologetic because yeah. even that fight scene that we get in the flashback where you know it may or may not like I said I think M. Night Shyamalan did a great job in the direction of making it so ambiguous that you don't know if it was a hate crime or not a hate no. crime but even in that scene the whole thing about him is when he's getting louder it's because what you, we offend you because we exist so like he's taking it to that next yeah. like I said that's kind of where I get his pretentiousness yeah. from and that's kind of what I didn't like about the character because he was a little too pretentious but once again if you're not in, in the face of you know you're in a regular you're in a bar there's people around in the face of like you being harmed which he does get harmed i mean obviously it didn't happen before but he does get harmed which makes him feel a certain kind of way in the face of that kind of fear that it could happen you're fine but in the other time you're okay with lying it just kind of made it seem like the character wasn't always a hundred percent who he said he was. Uh, yeah, but I, I will forgive the adoption lie just because the agency might not have even allowed that, so they have to. And lie. then the parents—that's the, the his parents, parents was, 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 was pointless, no completely pointless. That. So the adoption one was completely yeah. pointless because without that, we don't get questioning and, his his yeah. his and morals at all, if you will. And, and unless then, the parents were on the beach. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> but the, in the parents, in the parents, we don't even need them now. If the twist was that it was all fake and the parents hired them as killers, then okay, we need the parents. But since that wasn't the twist, yeah. and maybe yeah. that was the red herring. Thinking about it now, maybe Shyamalan was really playing into oh, these motherfuckers are waiting for a twist, so let me keep fucking with them. That could be now that I think about it, but still, it made no sense. Yeah. So that's why I'm not like I said. I will give you the credit. They weren't long flashbacks, so it isn't. But I feel like it really took me out of the wonderful world. Like, think about how great it was when we watched Smile to be yeah. in a movie that immersed you and engrossed you so much that you were on the edge of your seat just because yeah. they just little things like moving the camera yeah. kept you uneasy. And and I wish this movie would have continued yeah. that because I I was really on the edge of my seat. Like, what's fucking happening? Mm -hmm. Is this real? Is this fake? Is this whatever? Is this a hate crime or is this real? Is this the apocalypse? What's going on? Because you don't know. And he does a great job of doing that, so it kind of keeps you uneasy easy and on the edge of your seat but then when you go to the flashback you're like well now i got to get back into where i was yeah i don't know how many flashbacks there were but let's say there was eight like 
I don't think there was that many. I think there was like four or five. Like all right, five. Then yeah, definitely like three or four could have just been taken out. Like right. you definitely needed the scene of them driving up, and I, I, I'm glad they did a flashback for that because I don't want to see them like going on vacation and introducing us that way. I, I love the fact that it opened with her catching grasshoppers and Leonard just walking up. And Leonard's I, good at gra- catching grasshoppers. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I think so. I like it is like I I agree with yeah. you. But I'm just saying it's that was probably the only necessary one though. <laughs> yeah. You could have just yeah. done that one, and there, there was that was it. I mean, the only other reason that the uh, fight scene becomes necessary is him training and, and using a gun. But then even his training doesn't matter because he doesn't do shit when he gets to be physical. As a matter of fact, the reason Eric ends up with a concussion is because Eric tries to fucking fight people off, not Andrew. And then like even with the gun, like he doesn't use the gun for shit because if he did, he would have just wait. I mean, he ends up killing Sabrina, but. That's not. You didn't need to give a reason for him having a gun. That was the other thing. It was yeah. like there's no reason for it because they introduced the fact that he has it before you even yeah. get that, that flashback. So yeah. you know he has a gun. So yeah. it's like oh whatever. Anyways, yeah. So that's that's my only rebuttal there. I just thought the character of Andrew was pretentious, and the reason why is just because he he came off as whiny about everything. Like I understand he was being logical, but the one thing I didn't like about him, I'm not saying his performance was bad because I'm assuming that that was how it was written and and the problem is is that he would come off just too whiny it always bounced back to the you hate us because we're gay and he didn't have like any like he didn't let anything else creep in he never for once and even before he says that the selfishness of being like I would let fucking the world die a hundred times over before I gave up my family I'm like listen I'm with you as far as like if the world's not on the line, but sometimes you got to be like if 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 when faced with oh shit shit's happening, you mean one or two people die and you see some shit and then it's all of a sudden like well maybe maybe there's something to this. I'm just saying he could have been a little less self selfish, could have been a little more you know. I don't know. I I see a lot in me and Andrew just because I'm like <laughs> I, I would I there's I I would not. I'm not buying it after the first plague. I'm not buying it after the second plague. Maybe at three, sort of like the same time Andrew starts getting like, all right, those are kind of weird. I'd probably be in the same believing rate as Andrew. So, <laughs> so you're saying that there's a possibility Batista lives in your world? No, I think Batista's still, still dying. By it. <laughs> See, my problem is I watch too many horror films, so I'm more than willing to be like, you know, you know, it's when it's like me and you together shit, it's like as soon as that point gets happens, I'm sorry to my wife if she's listening, but it's like gun bolt, bam. All right, so world saved. Can, can, call me a hero. <laughs> you know, I don't know. After children died, after the children died, it would have gotten to me. I'm just throwing that out. Well, I do like the fact, too, and we missed this in the review of the movie, the overview of the story. After, you know, after Andrew shoots Eric, like lightning strikes a tree and lands on the house and it just starts burning it down. So, so it hides like, all the evidence. All the evidence is gone. Yeah. So kudos, God. Yeah, God's, <laughs> God's the wolf. Besides the truck with no tires or the SUV. I'm just like. saying, God is the wolf. Yeah. He's the cleaner. That's what he does. Uh, I, I appreciated that too. I didn't mention that, but I do appreciate yeah. it cleans up nicely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I just thought the character was pretentious. I thought that they could have done it a little less whiny. Uh, if you were going to have him be forceful, have him be forceful all the time. And he wasn't. At times he was just very whiny so it kind of ran me out of like rooting for him whereas Eric was more even keeled even when he was like nope we're not sacrificing he was still kind of willing to weigh options and he wasn't yeah because he was concussed he was in the right brain phrase (laughs) well actually at the end of the day he was the one that was in the right brain phrase so he was really thinking and I I thought that that was in in that case you have to be kind of cool and collected because if you're going to go all fucking gangbusters this movie should have ended when he got the fucking gun 
He should have just shot the other two and they should have left. And yeah. then the world ends and, and, and be damned. That's where the movie, you know. And that, so, that would have been the twist. Right, that's the twist, that they were right. You know? yeah. At that point, it is a twist. So I just think that that's, I think that that's what bothered me. Once yeah. again, it, different strokes for different folks. I can understand if it didn't bother you guys as well. But, uh, well, now that we've uh, kind of ran through and reviewed the film, now we have to find out what other people around the internet scored it before we can score it. So it's time... Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. A game is played simply. I'm going to ask these two gentlemen about the scores from around the internet. They are going to give me their scores. Whoever comes closest without going over, better known as Price is Right rules, will get the point. The first person to three points gets the victory. Of course, if we need to go to the tiebreaker round, that'll be closest to the number period because we don't do fucking ties. Of course, Ron is your reigning and defending champion. Can Diesel dethrone him for the first time since he's been back? We're going to find out now. Uh, Ron does get the championship advantage. That means he gets to go second. So, Diesel, you're up first. IMDB using points out of 10. What did they give? Knock at the cabin. 5.7. Ronald. Fuck you, I was thinking 5.5. You can still go with it. It gives him a little wiggle room. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll drop down the three. (laughs) So you're going to say three, and you have 5.7, and Diesel gets the point. It was 6.4 out of 10. Damn. All right, next up is Metacritic. Ron, out of 100%, what did they give? Knock at the cabin. Uh, Critics, uh, 72. He says 72, Diesel. That's a good one. I'm a I think it's the reverse from the last one. I got to go lower. Damn it. I'm going to go 50. Diesel <laughs> goes 50. You said, said 72. 72. And Diesel gets the point 63%. Ooh, we're 63%. right there. Yeah. Okay. So you busted, Ron. You were yeah. closer, but you busted. I know. All right, Diesel. You got to block him here because this could be for the win for Diesel. Rotten Tomatoes critic score. This is the critic score from Rotten Tomatoes. Diesel, knock at the cabin out of 100% for the win. What did they give it? 62. Ron. 63. Oh, you dick. Ron says 63. <laughs> Diesel says 62. And Ron gets the block 68% from Ron Tomatoes critic score. So Ron stays alive. Ron to continue to stay alive. Ron Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they give Knock at the Cabin? I think this one's going to be pseudo 68. Says 68. Diesel, you could win this if you get the right answer. Nice. 69. <laughs> so you said 68. You said 69. And... Oh, you both bust. Cocky. 64%. God damn, I was actually going to go 60, but when you said 68, I had to go 69. <laughs> so now to make things interesting, Ron can still win because this final one's going to be worth two points and it's closest to the number and he gets the champion advantage of going last. Diesel, Google users, out of 100%, what did they give? Knock at the cabin. We have to get out of the 60s for this because Google users are insane. 84. Ronald. Fuck. <laughs> 85. Oh, you dick. 84, 85. Well, <laughs> you I, won. You won. I can, tell be 78. You, I can tell you what. We do have a winner. And your winner. Yeah. And new yeah. champion, Diesel, 70%. 
Google Ooh, users gave wow. us 10%. By the way, this is all lumped together. So yeah. 6.4 out of 10, 63%, 68%, 64%, 70% were the scores. So believe it or not, everybody, this is one of the yep. few movies we've ever done where everybody's yeah. thoughts are kind of right around the same spot. This might be the best grouping for reviews across the board for a movie. Like it's the most there accurate we go. across the board. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So <laughs> there's that. So now that we've given out the internet scores, it is now time for us to give our scores. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's right. It is our opinion. And, of course, we're going to give out first the nerd score. Then I'll give my critic score to end it. And the nerd score is based on the nerd scale. Of course, the nerd score is a recommendation score that we use our critic score mixed with an entertainment score to give you the number. So that means a movie could be kind of critically bad, but if it's super entertaining, it could have a higher score and vice versa. We have had that example with Babylon. We finally got the example where the critic score was higher than the actual entertainment score and it lowered it. So it does happen. It is a thing. So with that, the scale is simple. It's as follows. It's a five-point scale. The number one slot is no. That means it's a terrible film and you should never see it. The number two slot is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. That means this is an average to good film. It's not one of those films that you have to rush out to see or spend money on or add to your collection, but it, you should probably get, if it's on TV in the background, when it hits the free, you know, like the Netflix or whatever, go ahead and give it a watch. You're not going to regret seeing it, but it's not like something that you're going to add to your watch list or necessarily have to own. A four is just take my money. That means that if it's in the theater, you should go pay the money to see it. You should buy it on Blu-ray. You should add it to that essential list. It's, these are very good to great films. These are movies you're going to want to watch over and over again and put in that rotation. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air. That is certified nerd. And those are for the legendary films like Jaws, Jurassic Park, and so many others. These are the creme de la creme if you will and so far in the year 2023 we have not gotten a certified nerd we haven't even gotten a certified nerd vote yet not yeah. not to mention not to mention we haven't gotten a unanimous certified nerd so did this be the first movie i don't know we'll find out in a moment but ronald you're up first what is your nerd scare scale score and why for knock at the cabin all right i'm probably the low one i'm gonna give it a three you're giving uh, it a three it's good it's good <laughs> okay, so uh, go ahead and tell it, us why. It is a good movie. It is worth a watch. I don't think it's uh, his best film yet. Uh, around, I, I understand Diesel says it's like his top three, which is fine. I, I understand. I understand why people would enjoy it, but I just, it's not. It, you won't be upset when you see it, but it's 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 what you think it is from the trailers. You think it's a apocalypse, and you think there's the four horsemen. You know, going in didn't change. It was no big swerves or anything. So. Hey, I enjoy that part of it. <laughs> All right, Diesel, it's now time for your nerd score and why. All right, so we're going to tease it a little bit. So Ron just brought up my like top three of M. Night Shyamalan's. I got to go. Unbreakable, Split. I put this above The Sixth Sense, which I think is a better movie, but you can only rewatch that twice. You watch it the first time, then you got to go back immediately. Then you're just like, wow, this is a really boring-ass movie. <laughs> this movie... I think has the rewatchability aspect of the sixth sense where I want to see it again, but I don't want to watch it again and again and again. I'm landed on a three after the movie. I thought I was at a three and a half to a four after thinking about it, digesting it. I landed on a three. It's good. It's good. It's good. All right. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to bury the lead. I'll just throw it out there. It's going to be a trifecta of threes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. 
Uh, I, I, the, my major reason for this is I really do enjoy this film. There's a lot of great acting in it. Like I said, the, some of the, some of the flashbacks took me out of it because I didn't think they were necessary. I mean, I'm the biggest one griping on that, but that's fine. I also, like I said, the character of Andrew was kind of pretentious to me, and I didn't I didn't like how it would flop back and forth. It kind of almost seemed like per scene he could change like his his compass, if you will. And I, it's like either make him all the way this or all the way that. Not like kind of half-assed in between. And one of the fucking flashbacks actually helps establish the, the flippity floppity if you will which i'm like that's why it's exactly not needed uh but on top of that like there was just there's nothing in this movie i need to this is like the perfect example of a movie i'm not mad about watching i thought this was a good movie and i, I, I and i tell you like i said you're gonna be like well all you've you said to see it yeah you should see it but there's no rewatchability here in yeah. my opinion i've seen the movie once there's only one scene where you might want to go back and see if if they show eric seeing something uh when there's the, the glimmer of light because m night Shyamalan usually does stage of the word and put something there but i can do that on youtube yeah. after somebody gl- grabs that clip and see exactly what it is and, and i don't have to watch the whole movie i've seen the movie i don't regret seeing the movie i enjoyed the movie but with that being said i didn't really want to see the movie again it's not like i'm like oh shit let's go watch this movie again and so that's why it's not in the four level for me because i don't want to go out and buy the movie when we talked about megan and megan's in a four megan's at a a, it was at a solid four because a it was a really good movie i would definitely go see it again and i will buy it when it comes out on blu-ray especially because there's an uncut version so like those are like i'm really using real life criteria when it comes into this this movie i can't see buying it or watching again maybe if it's on like like hulu or something and i'm bored maybe but i don't know yeah, for me, my mind went to, all right, do I want to see this again? The last movie I saw multiple times in theaters was Nope, and I loved the acting in the movie. It wasn't the perfect story, but this Nope made a four level for me. True. I can't, I, I can't say it's on the same level as Nope. It's just below it. And Nope was also a great movie till the end. I, I think yeah. all of our complaints <laughs> the third act. Yeah, and, but it's a really great movie until then. And I agree with you too. And it's like it's not following that logic. Like movies like The Northman made it to a four for me. Movies like Megan make it to a four. And like there's been others as you guys have listened to the show. And the reason really is we mean it when we say, oh, I'll spend money on it and I'll add it to that list of rewatchability. I just think this falls short. With that being said, my critic score of this is actually a six and a half out of 10. And I think a lot of what hurt that is, like I said, I thought the flashbacks took me out of the movie. You could have gotten a full extra point and made it a seven and a half without those flashbacks because I feel like every time they took me out, and this is just personally me, that it took me out of the zone where I was in. I was in this like, I would say uncomfortable seat of, is this real? Is this false? What's going on? But in a good way. And then they took me out of it to give me, a, you know, with the exception of one, they took me out of it to give me something I didn't need to fucking know. Or it doesn't fucking matter to progress the storyline along at the end of the day. So I, I just don't, I just didn't like that portion of it. And like I said, the acting though is great. The story at the end of the day is really good. You know, I, I'd be intrigued to read the book. I made the joke about yeah. it earlier. But I, I'm going to still say this. Even at a seven and a half diesel, or even at an eight, I still think it would be a three. Yeah. Because it's one of those movies where I've seen it, but I don't need to see it again. It just didn't give me like, oh shit, I need to go back and watch this film. And I think that affected my critic score as well. That's why it's a six and a half at the end of the day, because I could see giving this a seven and a half or eight. And I still want to give it higher than a three on the nerd scale. Yeah. See, for me, I do want to do a rewatch, but I just I want to do the Sixth Sense rewatch, the one and done. That's all I need is the one more viewing, and I'm good with it. But you're yeah. not adding it to your yeah. collection. You're yeah. not add, and by adding to a collection, usually if you add something in your collection, occasionally you grab it yeah. off that shelf and rewatch it. There's, yeah. I we say schedule rewatching, but we all know if we own shit, eventually you're like, oh man, fuck it, I haven't seen that in a while. I'm gonna put it in and. 
this is not that movie yeah. for yeah. some reason. And that's not saying it's a bad movie. I think everybody should see it. I think Batista, I think Batista's performance in this movie alone is a reason to go see it. I hate the fact that this movie came out in February because I think people are going to forget about this movie around Oscar time. And if you're asking me, I think he should be up for best supporting actor just because this he's he's amazing yeah. in this yes. movie. And he actually had to bring acting to this fucking yeah. movie. And he did. He knocked it out of the fucking park. Kudos to him all fucking day. You know, he's going to have, you know, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out. He's got a big year. He's got Dune Part 2 coming yeah. out. So this, this mother <laughs> Fucker's got like some huge movies coming out, like box office wise, and I think this is going to be his best performance as far as acting of yeah. the year. And it's no slight on the other two movies that I think he's great in, but th in those movies, there's a reason why he's Big Dave. In this movie, you could have taken his size out of the equation. He was literally giving an acting clinic, and I kudos to Big Dave Bautista for his performance. And I wish I could have given it higher just because of that performance. But he's the reason. And I, I talked to a couple of other friends that saw the movie with us. He's the reason we are all like, fuck it. This movie deserves to be watched is just yeah. because you should watch it just to see Batista. You should watch it just to see him outside of him. Like I said, the story is and it's good. It's just it's just I don't know. I can't. It's one of those things like you said before. I can't put my finger on it, but it took me out of the movie. Yeah. And when it did and I think those I've narrowed it down to those things, but there could be some other things. And I'm just like, for some reason, I didn't want to revisit it. And it's not because I, I disliked it. It's weird. Yeah. This is a movie that I should want to rewatch. And I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I don't need to rewatch it. Although I will say it's one of the better M. Night Shyamalan movies. I wouldn't put it in my top three like you, but I would say it's one of the better ones. It's definitely on that nicer scale. It's not towards the happening yeah. <laughs> or the village. So you have that. So that's going to do it for our review of Knock at the Cabin. Next week, we do not, are not going to do a new movie, but because we're not going to be doing another episode of 3FN Rewind on this channel, it's moving completely over to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for a little $1 a month. Uh, we are actually going to do the movie we had slated there because we have to do, to do an older film. So we're going to do National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon as the uh, next week's movie. Uh, we haven't seen it in a while. It could be a good watch. It could be a bad watch. We'll find out sooner than later because that's next Next week's 3FN Movie Club review and the week after that is back to the new movies because we will be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania for the 3FN Movie Club review. If you would like to find out any information, including our social media links, you know, friends of the show, all the links to the shows, Public links, anything and everything you can find, sponsors and all and that and more, you can just go to the one-stop shop 3FNpodcast.com and find all of that information. Remember, 3FNpodcast.com. Run! I do believe you have some business to take care of. One out of ten stars. It's not worth the piece of paper the ticket was printed on. If you want a quick and easy way to punish your kids, take them to see Harry Potter. The overlong and boring movie will put them to sleep. The acting was economy class at best, and the plot stank worse than a moldy anchovy sandwich. The only good thing to come out of this movie was the undeniable talent of Robbie Golton. The too, too bad he had to waste his talents on this piece of trash. Chris... Columbus just can't direct a newcomer. Daniel Radcliffe can't act. The special effects were actually pretty decent for the film. I would give this movie 0 out of 10, but there is no 0 on the voting, so I had to give it a 1. 1 out of 10 stars. Harry Potter just sucks. Wow. Diesel. That was haggardly <laughs> harsh. Diesel's over here fucking making noise the whole time. <laughs> I, I, again, I, we're not in the generation of Harry Potter, but like, I... <laughs> I don't like Harry Potter, and I'm not that hard on it. Like, wow. I, I will argue this. Daniel Radcliffe can act. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Daniel Radcliffe. So I'm going to defend that portion of it. So fuck that guy for that portion. <laughs> but I don't know. I've never seen the... I can't... Like I said, I don't ever judge these movies because... 
there's just certain things in life. By the time they came out, I was already you yeah. know, almost 20 years old. So it was kind of like one of those, or, you know, it's one of those situations like this is not for me. Yeah. Same thing with like Twilight. When people always ask about Twilight, like I'm not a teenage yeah. girl. It was, even if I was a teenager, it's like, it's not my thing. So yeah. I didn't watch it. And also, we weren't the targeted demographic. Right. And I understood that I wasn't. So that's why I've never really given it a watch <laughs> and I've never really cared. I also don't want, you know, sparkly vampires aren't my style of vampire. I like fucking 30 days of night vampire. You know what I mean? Let's rip some shit up. You well, know, what I mean? the 3FN, we're Team Jacob. So slow your roll. <laughs> you calm it down over there. Uh, I mean, you're Team Jacob. The rest, I mean, I guess we are because you're the only one voting. So. I'm just saying, like, so I don't ever criticize him, but you know, Ron wanted that smoke, so give him that smoke. Uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash uh, redx230, so at redx230 on Twitter if you want to give him that smoke. He's also on Instagram at redx230. Don't bring that smoke to us because me and Diesel are, uh, we're washing our hands with this one. We're out. Show him your wizard sleeves, girls. Uh, like me and Diesel like to say, we're out. Yeah. Of it's that old dealer, uh, we, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> well, with that, uh, hopefully you guys were entertained. We'll be back next week with our review of National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. I mean, that's an older film. If you guys haven't seen it, I, I, I implore you to go see it just like we're going to see it. We're going to talk all about it next week. If you're on the fence about it, you can wait till next week to see what we feel about it. Of course, after that, we'll be back on to new movies because, man, we got a lot of heavy hitter banger after banger after banger because it's quantum mania followed by cocaine bear followed by i think creed 3 is after that like is banger and then of course uh scream 6 which we're we're probably gonna have to bring in uh ken m or somebody because we know diesel ain't a part of that one and in april we have to bring in somebody for evil dead rises because we know <laughs> by the way uh, uh actually in the closing of the show for those people who listen to the end of the show diesel how did you feel about the first time you ever witnessed the evil dead rises trailer before uh seeing knock at the cabin so i just sat there with my my hand over my not over my eyes but like a few inches in front of my eyes blocking the entire theater screen because <laughs> fuck that movie the only part he saw was the fly landing on the uh, eyeball and that was yeah it. i was, was like enough for him and then we all made jokes about how he was out <laughs> i was like this is the best part this is the best nope. part. <laughs> mommy's with the maggots now you got to hear it so, oh. yeah diesel was out he was oh, out. Well, we were in my special place looking at my fucking uh my lifeline on my palm <laughs> yeah I mean, we might have uh, in March. We also might. Me and Diesel may review John Wick Four. We have we're, we're debating on that, so Ron will get a week off there, but because he he refuses to watch that movie. But me and Diesel will go. We're to going see in it. blind. We only seen the first one. People. Yeah, exactly. We've only seen the first one. So there's that. So for you guys who listened to the end, you got a little extra treat there. With that being said, though, for myself and for the rest of the guys, we hope you guys have a wonderful week. Until we uh, speak, well, until you hear us again. And uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds! Later. Let's go put on our boogie shoes. Harry Potter just sucks people. <laughs>